Hello there, you're watching the Pulse on the Joy News uh, channel this afternoon. On the Pulse, uh, wet yet not perturbed. The post-shove protesters uh, who have converged at the 37 uh, military hospital here in Accra uh, for day two of the Occupy Julobi House protest. Defying heavy rains uh, and we're getting live pictures as you see on the screens right now. We'll also be getting you some updates and excerpts of what transpired on day two of this protest. We'll get you the very latest uh, plus here from our reporters on what's happening uh, on the ground. So also 2020 running mate of the National Democratic Congress, Professor Nana Jaina Bukwajiman, out and speaking about the intense jostling within the party for a possible replacement of herself as the next running mate of the NDC. We'll hear from Professor Nana Jaina Bukwajiman, who is describing it as distractful uh, and uh, unhelpful uh, debates that are taking place within the party when it comes to conversations around finding a possible replacement for a running mate uh, for John Mahama going into the 2024 elections. Oh, forget about this. Use this unhelpful or controversy. There's no controversy. I was in the ministry and I complimented his efforts. Or I wasn't. So why are you posing that question? <laughs> Very latest uh, coming through from the camp of the NDC uh, on that for you. It's all coming up here on the polls. The polls, as always, is brought to you by Global Communities Digni Lu, Affordable Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on Facebook, YouTube, and also at myjoyonline.com. We'll get you the very latest. Uh, we're on DSTV channel uh, 421, Go TV channel 125, and we'll bring you uh, all of the action happening uh, as we speak uh, at uh, the 37 military. Hospital, uh, I am Blessed Sugar, and of course, welcome to the polls. We'll get you the details shortly. And of course, yesterday uh, they were picked up by the police service, but they are defying that and also defying the rains today. Uh, just to assemble uh, here in Accra for day two of the Occupy Jolobi House, as they are calling it, uh, a movement, uh, of course, of some individuals led uh, by Oliver Bakker, Vormawo, are uh, on the streets now uh, as part of that three-day tour or, or exercise which is targeted at mounting pressure on President Ekufando to deal with the challenges confronting the nation. Well, we can get the very latest on that uh, from uh, Maxwell Aguba, who's on the grounds for us. Maxwell? Protesters, some of them from um, Fex Tekanji, who are here sitting right in the middle of the road, protesting against what they describe as high-level corruption in the country, mismanagement of the economy and unemployment, uh, forcing, that is forcing young people uh, to flee the country. They have been here for the past three hours, and this protest, we're told, will go on into deep into the night. 
they tell us that it's supposed to be a three-day protest. And this is unprecedented. They had wanted um, to go to the Jubilee House, the seat of government, but they were prevented by these police officers, all of them in route control gear. What is interesting, however, is that I've not seen any of the police officers here holding um, any weapon. But what I can see um, from where I'm standing are the um, body cams that have been carefully fitted, you know, um, on the uh, uniform and some of them on the uh, on the vest that um, they are worried. You remember that there were concerns yesterday about um, allegations of police brutalities. My sources within the Ghana Police Service um, tell me um, that this is supposed to help the police keep evidence of whatever um, that happens when it comes to handling of the um, protesters. But you can see these metallic barricades are also here. A number of policemen are also in the background, a lot of buses, you know, um, packed here. On the other side of the road, traffic is building on the other side um, of the road. Many have expressed concern um, that during the rush hour, uh, the situation, um, what's happening here could exacerbate, um, you know, the traffic situation uh, in the country, especially because in the capital, especially also because um, it is Friday. What is happening here, the protesters are taking turns um, to address the people who who have gathered here raising their own concerns um, about why they decided um, to join this, um, this this protest. Let's get inside and then speak to um, the convener, Oliver Balkan, who's been here for uh, hours. Let's speak to him. Uh, Oliver, welcome to join us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've been here for the past three hours. Three hours getting to four hours. Tell us, how is it going to the to be honest, this is one of the most invigorating, uh, beautiful scenes and mobilizations I've ever been part of. Just seeing people speak their truth, people express themselves from all kinds of sexual orientations, religious backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. This is the Ghana I want to see, a rainbow nation that accepts everybody and makes the best out of them. This is what it's all about. I've seen something different today, different from what we saw today, um, yesterday. You've seen the police officers, all of them in route control gear. You see their body cams, you know, um, none of them holding any weapon. What do you make of what you've seen so far from the police? Well, the people... You've been, you've been critical of them in the past. Yes, I've been critical. Let us remind ourselves, the fact that we are occupying this space and making the best out of it doesn't mean that our rights are still not being violated. The idea was to occupy Julobi House. We're not there. We have decided that we are not going to confront them. Okay. We are civilized people, unlike the kind of lack of civility that we showed demonstrated yesterday. Mm. So I don't see why, even when the police are depressed, are taking our rights away, we must go perform some applause of them. That's, I'm not going to participate in that charade. Okay. But even their presence here is still violence upon us because they are restricting our rights. Okay. But as long as we are here, we're going to make the most out of what our democracy allows us to do. Okay. So the goal is actually to occupy the streets, to occupy the forefront, the forefront of jubilance. Yes. Okay. We're not there yet. So how long is this going to continue? You, you, you've been doing this for hours now. Well, we get when the is it notice for a three-day continuance event? Okay. So we are continuing till tomorrow, till 9 p.m. when we told them it ends. So you're going to continue this till 9 p.m. tomorrow? Yes. Wow. Are you not going to be tired? Of course we're going to be tired. Of course we are. But this is about the resolve of a people that would not be defeated. We are continuing to invite all those other people who are at home today 
who understand the value of what you are doing to come and replenish our ranks, to allow those who are tired to go home so that new people will come and keep the space going. That's what it's about. Finally, do you anticipate any force from the police? I have come to, in, in living in a country that promises democracy on paper but never delivers it, I've come to anticipate everything that this democracy has offered me. So yes, as long as we continue to have an, uh, an indisciplined police force that has no response for people's individual rights, that the police mantra when it comes to individual human rights is that violates it, nothing can happen. Anything can happen. We do not know what they will do even as the night progresses. So we'll continue to be here and we'll see what they do. For, 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 latter, for, for, for people who do not know what this whole protest is about, in summary, what exactly are you protesting against? One of the reasons why I have kept an open mind going is so that people individually can speak to their reasons for coming out to speak out. For me as a person, I think that we have lost the essence of what it means to be a country. We have lost the soul of this country. There's so much decay around us that we have normalized. I want awakening of conscience that we cannot continue to live like this. This is why I am out. So many people have come out. People have spoken about how their parents have died from lack of bed syndrome. All things that we have accepted. That when you speak up, they'll tell you it happened at the NDC, so shut up. It's happening. It's always been the case with us. We cannot continue to accept that mediocrity. That's why I am out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. You just had convener for Fix the Country, Oliver Back of Obama. I'll be talking to you shortly. I'll be talking to you shortly. Um, but you can see um, lawyer, lawyer Martin Pebu now addressing the crowd, and that's that's what we've seen here um, today, the variety and the background of the people who've been taking turns to um, address the protesters, quite different from what we've seen you know, in the past. I have a public health advocate, and some hours ago, she addressed um, the people here, Anita Asawa. Anita Asawa's mother um, died because she didn't get oxygen at the Kolebu teaching hospital, and that has motivated her to take part in today's protest, and she's been addressing um, the crowd here. Can you tell us again why you decided to take part in this protest? Okay, so I narrated my experience, my personal experience in Kolebu when my mom was sick. Why? Because um, as at the points when she was almost giving up, she needed oxygen, and the oxygen point was only one, and there was someone on it already, and there were three other patients who also needed it. So definitely, my mom actually passed, the other person was on it, and the other uh, woman or uh, patient also died. So. And our leaders access quality healthcare outside. They go for checkups and then they come back. While the common people, we are here, our women um, go to the uh, hospitals, they give bed on the floor, there are no beds. Um, when you take your aged parents to the hospital, they are not covered on the LHIS. Get a point. So it is a problem, and that is why I am here. Yeah. You've also been talking about illegal mining. Yes, I mentioned illegal mining because all uh, you see, there are poisoning going on uh, with our water bodies. The color is changing, and there is poisoning, lead poisoning, arsenic. When you all those elements, when taken into the body, can deform a child or a fetus. So when the woman gives birth, that means the child could be deformed. This is a problem because also our system doesn't even have um, what it takes for um, disabled people, you know, for disabled people to able to um, function because our roads are not like that. So it is a problem and I think it is something the government should look into. But these same leaders are into illegal mining. I mean, you know that. So it is a problem. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking to us. So you just heard from um, Anita Samoa. 
Anita is a public health advocate. She was one of the people who addressed uh, the, the crowd here, and that's what they've been doing for the past um, five hours. They tell us that they're going to continue deep into the night. You heard from the convener of Fix the Country. He says they're going to end at 9 p.m. tomorrow. And the crowd and the protesters are supposed to, are expected to be here um, till 9 p.m. tomorrow. Let, let's, talk to, let's talk to lawyer Martin Kibbe. We just finished our best for the crowd. The Christian Council, they should all be ashamed of themselves. That's why we are telling them to rise up. What kind of rubbish is this? I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. The entire Catholic bishop should be ashamed of themselves. And why are they not arresting today? They should be ashamed of themselves. I want to go 50 meters, please. We should get there. 50 meters. That's where we want to go. The government protested well in opposition. They occupied the government house. Are you guys not aware? The government, this particular president, is known, is known to be a serial demonstrator. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves for the arrest that you guys, you guys did yesterday. Hi, what's your name? My name is Killian. Killian. Yeah. Okay. Why are you protesting? Why am I protesting today? Are you are you happy about what is happening in this country? You are happy about what's happening in this country? Talk, talk, talk to me. You don't know that Kufuor has sold the destiny of this country. A supposedly human rights lawyer who is now a president is is actually stopping demonstrators, and you guys are happy. And you're asking me this, you're asking me this Jim McClure question. No, I'm an elder. If you, no, wait, 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 hold on. No, you're asking hold, me this no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm an elder. If you say Jim McClure, no, 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 you're not to retract. No, 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 you retract. No, I'm not going to. No, if you don't retract, you're not continuing. No, if you don't retract, I'm not going to continue. No, 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 no. I'm an elder too. Jim McClure is an answer. Jim McClure is an answer. Let's be civil. Let's be civil. Eh, retract. Retract. No, retract. Retract. No, sorry, retract. So I retract. But again, the president is managing the country like a Jim McClure will be. No, I beg. No, don't don't use my client. No, He's the president. No, no listen. No, I no, beg. Don't use my client. He's the president. And you guys are watching this. These guys arresting. Listen, arresting demonstrators, including your own journalists. And you guys are happy. Anyway, I'm aware some of you are under the um, under the brand envelope of uh, Gabi Ochunjaku. Every month you guys go there. These are crazy kind of substantial. Let me speak to Let me speak to uh, Council. We uh, just finished addressing um, the crowd here. Well, it's drizzling right now. It's drizzling, and I've not seen any signs of the protesters uh, moving. It's not drizzling. It's actually raining right now. Let me speak to some lawyers. Number one, to applaud them for their courage. Number one, to applaud our citizens for their courage, for stepping out today. You know, yesterday with the arrest that the police carried out, it has scared a lot of our fellow citizens. And so the citizens... Should I start? Should I? Yeah, so it appears a lot of our citizens are scared, and so that's why they are not here. So it's for encouraging citizens to step out. Encourage citizens to come. They should come. Because this is the place we need to step and then to point out the Kupuado that we don't support his corruption. We don't support the corruption in the Kupuado government. Then number two, we are calling on the Kupuado and Baumia to resign. Because they have caused us too much hardship. The corruption, the corruption, the corruption they put us into is causing us too much hardship. So if they resign, 
The Constitution in Article 60 Clause 13 says that we must have elections within three months. When the President and the Vice President resign, we must have elections within three months. So that is why we are calling upon President Kufuado and Baumia to resign. Then we can have elections in three months, then we have a new president. Enough of the corruption, enough of the nepotism, enough of the cronyism. Enough, enough is enough. Well, you can see what is happening. It's raining heavily here at the 37 Military Hospital. Um, in fact, in parts of Accra right now, um, the protesters are not moving an inch. They are not deterred by the rain. The police officers are also not ready to move out of this rain. You can see them still positioned. Um, some of them getting their raincoats there. In fact, the rain has actually sort of gingered the protesters. You can see what is happening there. It's an open music and dance session for them. Let's speak to let's speak to more people who okay. Hi. Why are you taking part in this Charlie, my name is Ed Mbinded. Um, I'm taking part of this 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 because I'm a Ghanaian. You see? I'm a young boy who's just I'm actually just out of the university. I've just finished my national service or I'm in the process of finishing. I can tell you for a fact that since I started doing my national service, well, God being so good for me, I got a good place to do it. But I know colleagues who cannot even buy like Charlie two three square meals a day. See, I'm 25 years. If if you look at the number of people around me who are older, who don't have a job, and the qualifications they have, you realize that the problems that plague this country very small. See, Max, do the math. Do you know that as I speak to you, Max, this year National Service has celebrated an event for people who died in service. National Service by the end of this month is celebrating 50 years of the national service. I'm asking you a question. Do you know the last time national service people were paid in this country? For the past few months, they've not been paid. The national service people here, ask them. Okay. Uh, we're getting drenched by the rain right now. But like you can see, um, the singing and dancing is continuing. It is actually intensified after it started raining. A lot of people are drenched. Sorry. I drenched right Hey, what's sorry, your, sorry, hi, sorry. what's the name? It's raining. Chill, chill, chill. Colleague Max Olagugba, who's uh, just giving us the very latest uh, there uh, from Ted Seven, it is actually raining, uh, and uh, of course uh, you can see there that the demonstrators are defying um, or, or um, of course some strong messages there being sent to the Ghana Police Service uh, and also authorities as uh, the protesters may be making yet another attempt to move an inch closer to the Jubilee House. Uh, we'll keep monitoring uh, developments for you even as it's uh, pouring now. Uh, we still know that that protest is underway. I want to bring in our Richard Kumado, who's a security consultant, joining us via Zoom now, monitoring also alongside uh, with us and uh, picking notes of some of the developments there. Richard, uh, thank you for spending some time with us. But what we found right now uh, shows a very defiant crowd and a resilient group of people who are just bent on sending their message across to the president. Uh, some say they, they should tone down on the kind of rhetoric we're seeing, but I don't know what your thoughts are on what you're seeing so far. I will agree the insult should be taken up. They should just stick to their grounds and make their points. I'm also happy today uh, because Dan Parry took time off to meet the demonstrators, particularly the leaders. Uh, it has come down things a little bit. I think yesterday was a mess. 
and the police have played their elections from yesterday. Demonstrations are part of the rights of the people. They may disagree on the routes and the days and the, the modalities, but violent demonstrations we haven't seen in this country for a long time. It is the police rather that has become a, a lawless society and they have become a danger unto themselves. So today, Dan Parry has proved again that when he put his feet down, the right things to be done. And we will see a 21st century professional police officers doing the policing work. And kudos uh, to all the police officers. The, the, the feeling is that the Ghana Police Service may be complicit in what we're seeing today, further radicalizing a group of young people who uh, were just out there to protest, actually, yesterday. Blaise, if you remember when uh, uh, my brother Bamaha started this whole thing, some of us spoke and said the approach the police have taken and their stance will be making him a bit more popular and will be making him a bit more entrenched. And today they are finding difficulties containing him. The police approach towards Bamaha and the things he stood for has been most constrained. And the police made him a little bit more hardened. And when you have more hardened people follow him on street demonstrations, People like Bernard Mona has been demonstrating since I was born. And it's just like he's taking over from Chrissy Pratt. And the, the videos and the, and the trends are there for the police to learn from. But some of these police officers throw caution into the wind. And today they are having a difficulties containing the likes of him. Today is a good day for the police service. I commend them. I commend them for it. And I think they should stand their grounds, engage the demonstrators, and they wouldn't have many of the troubles they had yesterday. Uh, now we're seeing the police also taking another approach. They, are, uh, they have virtually cordoned off the entire 37 stretch and allowing the protesters to at least, they're some, some way somehow, uh, close to the uh, Jubilee House, except to say that the ultimate aim is to get eventually uh, to you know, the precincts or at least in front of that um, state security facility. Uh, what do you think about such considerations? The fact that, well, the protest has gone on peacefully, smoothly so far, uh, assessing the risk and the threats, they could be allowed to at least inch closer to the Jubilee House. Uh, protests by, by close of day tomorrow were all done. How about that? If I'm leading a team of law enforcement officers, as I have done in the past with the BNI, I would have coordinated the law enforcement officers that will hold up the demonstrators at the revolutionary circle. You know the revolutionary circle is direct opposite the mainstream gate of the street, uh, of the flagstaff house. Precisely. And what will they do? They, it is raining. The music will be on. People will have their normal jammer. They will make their voices heard. Let me call my strong person in Joy FM. Call the strong person in TV3. Mm. Call the strong person in Metro TV. Let them grant the necessary interviews. Once the interviews are being heard and they are being uh, the demonstrators who come to the term that our message has gone and, uh, and the message has been proclaimed. Yeah, and Richard, and that will be the end and Richard of what, what, what we see on the screens right now is, is the real-time situation as we speak. The downpour is on, but you see the crowd still out there in the rains, continuing with the protest. It is a psychology of law enforcement and law, professional law enforcement that has gone wrong yesterday. These guys are not protected again because they know the police may come and threaten them any day, any time, and they are ready with their lawyers. I think that allowing them to even get closer to the entrance of the Jubilee House will not create any problem for this country. These people are people we can quickly assess their background and know the threats they may pose. Having watched them from very far for all these years, 
I don't see any element of a dangerous, treacherous person among this crowd. And holding them out as Christ the King or the revolutionary circle, direct opposite that Jubilee has, we didn't have created any problem. After all, when people jubilated and demonstrated into the seat of government, the threat of uh, overturning a government of uprising was still there. And by civility prevailed, the people were happy with themselves that their voices were heard. And that was proper way of managing these things in a democratic state where rule of law, maintaining of law and order is a priority. I think the police got it wrong yesterday. And today, civility has come home. And we applauded them that they are doing the right thing in the lives of law enforcement and policing and democracy where the right of demonstration is one of the key things that happen. Uh, there are concerns as to the... Um, essence, so I mean, eventually, where, where this whole movement to fix the country uh, might end as am. Uh, concerns about the possible implications on national security. W where do you stand in all of this? Definitely, when you go to National Security Council, they are what we call national security red flags or indicators. That is why we warn them we are making this guy, Bomaha, more popular. He will create problems for you. Having said that, the police have enough numbers, the DNA have enough numbers, the military have enough numbers to take care of our internal threats and risk assessment to that matter. I don't think these demonstrations by themselves pose any national security threat. It is the outcome of these demonstrations and the behavior of law enforcement officers that may create serious public safety guarantee issues for us. Then you can extend it to national security and sovereignty guarantees. To the extent that you went arresting BBC journalists, do you know what you are doing? You are creating the platform where the international media comes in, people are going to look at us and say, what is happening in Ghana? And they want to come with their hard-heartedness. There's a way to soften the ground. And I think Dan Parry, as a person, and together with national security officers, they have what it takes to soften the ground. And once they begin to soften grounds, that's it. we're not going to escape the preliminary elements of people in our public space. We will continue whatever comes with it, and Ghana will move on again. Uh, I see. Uh, we need to point out that for those of you who are now joining us, uh, you know, members of the Fix the Country movement, uh, still defiant uh, out there in spite of the downpour, as you see uh, on your screens right now, and still continuing with that protest. Uh, we're still monitoring every bit of developments then will bring you updates. But what you see now um, is right in front of the 37 military hospital um, and you have scores of protesters defying the rains, coming out in their numbers, uh, pouring out onto the streets and mounting pressure on President Akufuado to address some of the concerns uh, confronting uh, the youth uh, and also issues they believe he needs to address as part of his uh, tenure. Uh, but also the police service there stationed and they have successfully cordoned off uh, the hospital area. So for those of you who might be moving back from work now, so, uh, there might be uh, disruptions also in traffic arrangements for that, um, you know, uh, liberation stretch or the 37 Independence Avenue, as you're seeing on the screens uh, right now. But um, also, I uh, will talk about where this is happening now and possibly what the dangers might be. Uh, but let's start off by, by looking at what the president may be thinking right now. Uh, Richard, are we sure that indeed the president is listening and uh, what, what's your expectation from him? Now, I think he missed the opportunity several times. Eh? This is what makes President Rawlings and Kwame Nkrumah, Paul Kagame, and Barack Obama, Tony Blair, 
uh, many of the great guys you see, the Clintons, the superstars of national leaders and global with global stature. I think he missed the opportunity many times. And he will need to take opportunity one of these days to address these people. I don't think the likes of Chrissy Pratt watching him and listening to him and see the behavior of some of his people in the days where people are demonstrating will be happening at all. Considering the fact that he has a long history of demonstrating against things they perceive or they feel were not being done right. Having said that, this whole euphoria and the fidgeting of law enforcement officers is even very shocking. People want to demonstrate on the 37th road. You said that Jubilee House is a national security zone and you kept them at 37. Then you lack the understanding why the British build the 37 military hospital. 37 military hospital is the 37th one they have built as a military base to take care of sicknesses and diseases of military officers until we turn it into a civilian occupation. You can still allow demonstration, create one lane for the demonstrators and let vehicles take care of the other one. Once you have called up the place, you are even angering the people, creating anger in the minds and hearts of people who have nothing to do with this demonstration. And this is why we have been trained as law enforcement officers. And to take care of situations such as this. I don't know where this euphoria and the agitations and the flirting around comes to policing and the 21st policing. That is why people are pointing figures at the president that during his tenure, demonstrations have become a taboo and people going into the street are not being allowed. And I think he needs to rise above this euphoria and this predatory of, uh, you know, narratives that come from the offices of the president that is not right. He's far away in the UN and the UN that is a security zone, a very serious place. People are demonstrating there against the president. Which of these two will you prefer? The people demonstrating against the president in the offices of the UN or people demonstrating in the streets of 37? I think we will need to look at this conjecture and begin to find a meaningful balance that place our democracy above personalities. And that also gives us the flexibility that citizens and their presidents can have a discussion that will not lead to violence or that may not crack the whip and that may not create problems for our national sovereignty. But bless and I can tell you from where I sit and from monitoring it for a very long time, I don't think the president has taken the opportunity, many of them granted to him. And it will be time for him to look back again and say, I need them to come to the forefront. And I need to speak to these people, speak to the issues. His narrations must change as we proceed 2025 election. Well, I guess so. He needs to get really busy once he's, um, you know, returning from uh, the United Nations General Assembly. And he's spoken extensively about issues confronting the West Africa South region and the security concerns uh, also uh, emerging. But, but for those of you uh, who are now watching us, uh, and uh, for those of you also who may not be aware of what's been happening over the past 24 hours, uh, the Fix the Country movement, after they were picked up last night, today, uh, most of their leading figures are out and are back on the streets, as you see, uh, demonstrating right in front of the 37 military hospital uh, as part of the protest. In fact, this is just a, a, a portion of you know, what we're to expect from the group, because the group says its ultimate aim is to inch closer and closer uh, to Jubilee House, try and register their concerns about the style 
of leadership of President Kufuado and to raise some concerns about uh, how his tenure has uh, been so far and the reason for which we're seeing all of these people, uh, even as it is raining now, defying the rains and uh, pouring out in their numbers to uh, make a case um, to government. Uh, but even as we speak, you were talking about where this protest is happening and possibly uh, what might be, what other problems, associated problems we might be creating as we have these protesters standing in the rain right in front of a hospital, a referral facility uh, for that matter, uh, of course, and we'll be getting the thoughts of Richard Kumado uh, shortly on that, but on your screens right now uh, is, you know, right in front of the 37 military hospital, uh, scores of... Uh, protesters, those who are even bypassers, some of them we understand are now joining in and you know, uh, taking uh, part in this three-day mass movement where the protesters intend to sleep over on that stretch as you see till uh, the following day 9pm tomorrow is when we expect that uh, protest to end. Uh, we don't know what the implications might be but we're still uh, monitoring the space and we'll bring you uh, at to speed with all that we've been hearing uh, so far. Earlier today, we had some musicians, some celebrities and, and others also joining uh, the event. We'll be hearing from some of them shortly, the likes of EL and um, some musicians who've also uh, turned up to support the uh, process. Uh, we'll, we'll listen to them now and get their reactions to why they're, you know, being a part of this protest. that all of us were taken to the Accra Regional Greater Accra Regional Command, put into a room and seen individuals, uh, plain clothed individuals, who were wearing all kinds of earrings, who had dyed their hair in all kinds of different manners. Other men, others dressed in shorts, in boxer shorts, were locked, thrown into the room and locked on us and they proceeded to beat us. I do not understand how these individuals who were calling themselves intelligence officers were brought in to beat us. That has to be explained to me. So all the PR and all the crime before uh, committees of parliament, that PR that sustained the police pol police service, we must break that PR down. And for me, this is one of the things I have to say. The Ghana Police Service is less than 40,000 men across board. And these 40,000 people go to training. We train them at public expense. If we cannot ensure discipline with 40,000 people, we have failed the entire country. That is where leadership must be shown at. And this is what we are asking for. You said earlier on, you said Canada said over his dead body, would you be allowed to protest? Yes, Kennedy, Ken Dapao, who is Minister of National Security, has made it clear to me that over his dead body, we're going to be allowed to protest. And it's not surprising to me that a few months later I was charged and I'm being tried for treason. I think that this government has every intention and they mean their words that they are going to depress and going to make sure that they make an example out of me. But we're going to continue to fight. And whatever they want to do, they can continue to do it. But we must show up. Because when abuse of power is loudest, citizens must speak up even more. That's why we are here. And the words as far as... Offering you one million to back down. They went as far as offering us one million dollars. They offered us a committee appoint to set up a committee appoint us to government positions in order to stop this activism. This was made directly to me and other leaders of fix the country. This will be refused. Now this conversation was had at the time with the with the with the national minister of national security, the minister of uh, the minister of finance, and uh, a, a brigadier general of the Ghana Armed Forces at the safe house accountment. This information that are verifiable. We recorded that conversation. Uh, if if people recall, do you say those are the people who are making the offer? To the people who made the offer on that day. 
if people would recall when I came out of jail, I made an announcement that I was going to disclose the details as a secret a meeting that had taken place and some of the things that were said to us. And later I received several calls from people in this country and refused to disclose those. This information is not something I'm lying about. I can release to you information and calls that the Minister of National Security himself called me while I was in the UK, inviting me to come down to Ghana uh, and at public expense. And I rejected that and paying for my own ticket and flew down to Ghana. And so for me, I know and I've always known that, it, and there's nothing that I'm saying here that will surprise anybody or shock anybody, that we know that they have taken every kind of attempt through monetary com compulsions, through uh, violence, in order to stop what we are doing. But we'll continue to build. And we are demanding that if citizens really cherish this democracy and are interested in the future of this country, then they'll show up and stare down power. Would you say and and I, I'm interested in the, the, the treatment you have described. Does that suggest that you are taking the Ghana Police Service on? Well, for us, we are showing up today. Uh, remind, to remind everybody, when I was first arrested at the airport, I was, I was tortured by individuals who were wearing armed, uh, armed forces fatigue and thrown and blindfolded and taken out of Accra. We sued the Ghana Police Service and Attorney General and the Tama High Court. The individual judge before whom we sued that, Ankoma, has been promoted to the Court of Appeal. That case has not gone anywhere for over a year. In their response to, to the application we filed, the Ghana Police Service admitted planting an individual who was furnished with a phone, a knife, and bread in the cells. These are all public record. The fourth estate has reported on this. Nothing has happened there. I thought you would be with uh, Justice for Ghana at the Electoral Commission headquarters. Yes, but um, they are not uh, mutually exclusive. These are actions that afflict each one of us. And so I have been doing series of media engagement. As you can see, I'm not costumed for the protest. And so when I leave here, we are to have a meeting with the IGP upon what happened yesterday. Uh, say you, which group? That is a uh, democracy hub led by uh, Bakavomawa. They yesterday were arrested unjustly. And so later in the evening, the inspector general of police called. And he actually called me. And I told him that despite that, I am not an organizer of the democracy hub. I sympathize with the cause. I agree in total with whatever they are doing. I was to join them later in the day because in the morning I had spoken to um, Bakabomawa to even alert him about the police presence around the Jubilee House and around the 37 station. And while they were coming here, I was at the Kwame Nkrumah Memorial Park, only to be told that they were arrested. So I went looking for them in their various cells, and eventually I got to know where each one of them was put. Later in the evening when the Inspector General of Police called, he said that he was going to instruct for the release of all those people. And indeed, in the evening, everyone was released. This morning, they are gathered here. It is the IGP's call that he wanted to meet with some of the organizers. So they will select a few to go and meet with the IGP. And then we'll see what the IGP himself has, because his men did what was untoward yesterday. We cannot tolerate such happenings from our police service. Look, it's a police service and not a force. So when they decide to use force against innocent citizens, standing here, what disruptions are this crowd occasioned? They have not done anything. Yesterday, your own colleagues were brutalized. And you ask yourself, what is it? If the police doesn't have the logistics to protect the crowd, but they have logistics to disrupt the crowd and to arrest them, how much they spent yesterday engaging in that exercise is unacceptable. And I think that, well, once the IGP has called, 
there is a saying in our local parlance that you don't reject a call, but you can reject the content of the call. So I think that it's fair and proper that we have that discussion, and then we can take it up. But citizens' right cannot, and we will not allow any oppressor to undermine our democratic efforts. Just a few minutes ago, before you arrived, we engaged with Oliver, and he is of the view that he's got no engagement with the police. And uh, uh, I mean, I'm just interested if you've been able to reach a consensus with him, and he agrees that you should go ahead to meet the IGP. Oh, no. Yesterday, I was one of the people who had to go around to ensure that all those our comrades who were incarcerated were unjustly were released. And so I think if Oliver cannot go, that is a right. But some ones of them should let us go and listen to the call. When is the meeting happening? Oh, any time that we are able to arrive at the number of people that we can go. So I've spoken to Oliver. He is not opposed to people who representing him. But I think that he wants to be here to continue to be the fulcrum around which this mobilization can take place. And I cannot take that from him. Are you going as a group of protesters or you are going as conveners? Well, it will be partly conveners because there must be a convener and then they will come back. Whatever the outcome, we will let the society know. And so you are hopeful that today, uh, are you just going to be stationed here or you are hopeful to uh, procession, uh, uh, to go on a procession to the Jubilee House? Even staying here alone is sufficient to send a message. You are here. Isn't it? The fact that you are here and you are carrying the report of the unhappiness of citizens about the shoddy things that are happening in Ghana. Journalists, your own colleagues were beaten yesterday. The police are denying it. Right? Bridget Otu, they torn her cloth. Somebody had to give the Ghana flag that he was carrying to order to protect her body from exposure. One of your colleagues from CTFM working with uh, BBC was assaulted mercilessly. A lawyer who had come to come and seek the release of clients was pushed into cells. This is not what we bargained for. This is not what we bargained for. Akufado is only president of Ghana today. Akufado will go. But this country of us, we will be living here with Akufado and his children. Right? When Akufado ceases to be president, we, the young people, will live with Akufado's children. I can assure you, as I said somewhere, any policeman that brutalizes citizens today will identify your children and your family, will brutalize them tomorrow. Mm. I, I'm not sure if uh, the brutalization will be lawful, but what, what, do, you, uh, what do you say to... What, what, lawful brutalization. Uh, uh, and the law would require you to take a civil position on that to go... Police did not act lawfully. You don't expect us to act lawfully. Well, so that's uh, Bennett Mona speaking uh, to James uh, Averti earlier in the day when all of this started. But even as we speak now, the protesters are still right in front of um, the Ted 7 military hospital, continuing with their protest. And as you see it right on the screens now, we're stationed there bringing you up to speed of what, uh, on what's uh, happening right now. As far as that occupied Julobi House protest is concerned, um, the leadership of the group, Oliver Bakavomowo, uh, together with some uh, members of the Fix the Country movement, uh, pouring out in spite of the weather today uh, and uh, making that passionate appeal to the Ghana Police Service to clear the road for them to protest and to picket perhaps right in front of um, the 
Jubilee House. They intend to do that from now, what you see now, they'll do that from now until 9 p.m. tomorrow. Um, it's part of a three-day protest. We started yesterday, not on a good note, where some of them were picked up, including Oliver Bakavoma himself. Uh, we understand that there is an update on the story coming through uh, where we uh, are getting um, some details that the Inspector General of Police, uh, Dr. George Akufo Dampari himself, has finally met with the leadership uh, of the group. He is refuting claims uh, that any of these protesters were uh, perhaps attacked or manhandled by officers of the Ghana Police Service uh, yesterday when they were picked up. He's in fact urging them uh, to provide evidence of any form of assault. Uh, and that's why I want to bring in my colleague James Aveji, who's uh, just returning from that meeting. James, uh, you've monitored this uh, engagement between this supposed to be leadership uh, of the Fix the Country movement and the IGP. Exactly. exactly. Uh, what's informing this meeting? Yes, uh, so blessed. Yes, just yes, uh, yesterday, when all the back and forth happened, the uh, communication was that the operation was actually carried out by the high command of the Accra region. And so uh, after everything, the IGP uh, says that he was of the view that he needed to meet leadership of uh, the protesters in order to hear from them and then uh, have a conversation with them to see if the two sides can reach some level of compromise. Mm. Uh, and in this meeting, uh, we are learning for the very first time that the IGP is not necessarily supporting that widespread report we've seen that indeed the police were not professional in the way they handled uh, the protesters yesterday. What was his concern and what's his message to leading uh, figures of this group? Exactly. So uh, at the meeting, uh, both uh, one of the com uh, uh, conveners, uh, Benjamin Daku, as well as uh, um, Bernard Bona was there, a former member of parliament for Bilsan North, um, uh, uh, Honorable Timothy Awinterim was also there together with some two other persons, including one uh, um, lawyer to the group, uh, Samuel Alosu Doji. Those were the members of the leadership who met the IGP together with some uh, top police hurricane. So, uh, for instance, Benjamin raised the point about he himself, as well as some other members, being assaulted by the police while uh, during the arrest, as well as when they were in detention. For instance, he mentions that he himself was actually punched by an officer on the chest. He, uh, one of the members was slapped. Someone was also hit by a metal bar. Yeah, and, bar and if there's anything of, to go by, the reason for which we believe mm -hmm. he's making the claim, what you see now on the screens is possibly the reason why leadership of the group is saying, um, well, your your individuals who, or your personnel were not professional. Look mm. at uh, Bridget Otsu there in, exactly. uh, in, in, the, yeah, in, the, in the picture. Exactly. And this is, I, I believe, is the reason for which they are making the claim. Exactly. That and many uh, uh, other incidents was what they cited as right. uh, assault from the police. But, uh, I mean, the uh, IGP was of the view that, uh, indeed, if this has happened, they do not have that as part of their report. And so... Uh, he would appreciate that if this indeed happened, then those involved, the victims, can lodge an official complaint. And he promised that if that official complaint is lodged, he would uh, take a step further in that to, uh, I mean, initiate an investigation into it and, and get to a, a conclusive decision. And this is that. the point. Just look at this officer attempting to 
even go to the extent of attacking the camera person exactly. uh, who was filming. Yeah, there he exactly. splashed water At a point, uh, on, on the camera there. Exactly. And in all of this, the police service is uh, appearing to distance themselves from, from what we see there. Yes, yes. That's, that's the view that officially, mm. as part of their report, yeah. they do not have... Okay, so what, what's the camera. urge from the Inspector General of Police now? And so, uh, I mean, uh, part of the meeting, mm -hmm. uh, apart from the complaint... Yes was to arrive at a consensus on how this can be handled. We know that the original plan of the demonstrator or the protesters was to march from 37 Station to the Jubilee House. But that, as we speak, has still been truncated. And so their plea was that the leaders who were in that meeting goes back to meet the other leaders who are on the field with the protesters and negotiate with them if they can't come to a compromise to get off the street first while the case that is in court is heard on the 26th and then the court comes to a conclusion on the matter, then they can take it from there. And so by close of day, the police is expecting that, uh, I mean, they will get a call from counsel to the protesters, to uh, them to uh, uh, tell them what compromise they have reached. But they, they said they are hopeful that for the time being, they need to get off the street while they all come to the negotiation table. In fact, go to court on the issue in court to be dealt with. Then they can set a fresh date to carry out what they want to do. In fact, the police also was of the view that it is not in their interest to prevent anyone from carrying out lawful duty of protesting over any uh, public or national issue. And so, but their interest is for us to, I mean, the public to do it and do it right within the confines of the law so that their message can be carried out. And so, uh, I mean, the leaders at the meeting have agreed to go back and meet uh, uh, the rest of yeah. the, the team. But, but in all of this, uh, you know, the, the, the individuals are not getting off the streets right now uh, right. because Oliver Bakafomao himself, uh, you know, declined the invitation to personally be there and to meet the IGP. He's instead uh, at Tet 7 Military Hospital, as mm. we speak, where you have uh, scores of protesters out there still in the range and uh, they're still part of the protest, as we speak. In fact, the last check we did mm. indicates that they, they want to be there until 9 p.m. If that is anything to go by, then the IGP's call may, may not be heeded. Yes. The police would just be hopeful that while they go back to engage them, I mean, by close of day, yeah. some compromise will be reached. That's the question as to what will happen mm. if they remain out there, and indeed they are out there, still going ahead with, with the protest. What, what it will mean, in fact, if I should read carefully from the demeanor of the police, the IGP and his the other officers, uh, officers, uh, at that meeting, I am not too sure that the police would want to go the way they went yesterday. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that, I mean, some communication has to happen between them and the leaders of the group. For instance, the issue about the Jubilee House being uh, a, a security zone and why the police have decided to uh, I mean, prevent the protesters from accessing the Jubilee House. That issue came up, and the IGP was of the view that uh, if at the Jubilee House, as well as other places, public places that have been demarcated as security zones, must be respected because those are the faces of the country. He makes example of if you go to the U.S., the Capitol, as well as the White House, mm -hmm. and in fact, some perimeter is given that people cannot access. Yeah. That is the face of the country, and so. He was of the opinion that that need to be respected. And so, I mean, 
after the, the protesters get off the street, then we will know what happens thereafter as to whether uh, the negotiation, the uh, further negotiations would agree that even if a new date is set for the uh, protest or the demonstration, they would access the Jubilee House or otherwise. And so uh, I'm sure by close of day, we'll get some reactions from the leaders as to whether they agree on this or otherwise. And so, I mean, after the back and forth, the, uh, the, the, the decision is that they go back, yeah. go and do the renegotiation. Okay, and after this event, we're also learning, just as you've seen on the screen, that some journalists were reportedly attacked. Exactly. Um, some have spoken to us. We understand that also includes a reporter with the BBC. Mm. Uh, media freedom and, and the respect for, for the press um, after yesterday's uh, event. Has that come up? And is there any form of official communication from the Ghana Police Service? Like? That hasn't come out strong come up strongly in that meeting because i mean as the police were calling for uh, evidence uh, in fact after the meeting when i met one of the members he tells me that before we go into the meeting no gadget was allowed into the meeting right. so he would have wanted to show show the igp some visuals or the visuals of exactly what transpired on the grounds mm -hmm. and so the issue about media freedom hasn't come up at that meeting uh, in Fabulous. Okay, uh, grateful, uh, James Ovidji, who's, uh, of course, uh, monitoring all of that for us. Uh, but let's get to Richard Kumado, who's uh, joining us now uh, via Zoom. He's also he's been on with us all ever since uh, this whole um, event uh, started. And Richard, the uh, Inspector General of Police, uh, as we understand, has finally uh, broken his silence in a meeting with leadership uh, of uh, organizers of this uh, uh, Occupy Jolobi House protest. The, the uh, charge from the IGP now is to get everyone off the streets, first of all, uh, through the leading figures of this group. Uh, but he's also urging them to provide evidence if there's any form uh, of attacks, assaults by police um, officers on, uh, you know, the protesters yesterday. But some say the evidence is out there. We've seen that on the screens. Why is the IGP asking for further evidence? No, definitely, eh? there might be uh, misreporting or miscommunication, but thank God for Android phone and, and for iPhones, and thank God for Internet. Uh, thank God today, most of the police officers are in their, in their body cams, and some of these things reconciling them wouldn't be a problem at all. I think it is so clear that yesterday there was no authority for the police to act properly, Yesterday, the police instructive regime was wrongly communicated. Yesterday, the police did not command their men properly. And they went far above board. Uh, this is democracy. Right to demonstrate is part of it. Police protection is also part of it. Uh, public safety guarantees are part of it. And I think uh, emotional intelligence has to be something the police must take seriously, especially when we are dealing with public figures like journalists who we know and public demonstrators like uh, Bernard Mona and co, who we know so well. And we have to be tactful and ensure that the right things are done. So I will urge the demonstrators and the conveners to provide the IGP with the necessary video okay. documentations uh, and evidence it needed. Right. R Richard, we need to go. Uh, but the final charge from the IGP is for the leadership of the Fix the Country movement to try and, you know, uh, get their members off the streets for the court proceedings to be exhausted. Then, of course, a proper arrangement could be made for the protest. What do you think about that? The IGP is wrong in the first place. He's acting like a politician in this particular case. 
what they did in court was to file an application. The court did not tell them to stop the demonstrators. Yet the police service elite went on rampage and they acted as savages and bastardizing people, which is becoming one of many. For him to say that they should go back to the court on Monday, then his men should have waited for the court to give a direction in line with maintaining law and order. They have no law, they have no order to go beat up the demonstrators at the 37 uh, police station. And I think that is awful. That is abhorrent, And that is one of the absurdities we witnessed yesterday. Mm, I, I can only wish him well. And I wish the demonstrators were, and I wish the police officers were. And we, we continue to witness that they are still in the reins there as we speak. It doesn't look like uh, these protesters will be off the streets any moment from now. But we still wait to see if uh, Oliver Bakavoma or himself, uh, who was not in that meeting, uh, will have this uh, message officially delivered to him as we have received. And we'll see what he'll be instructing uh, most of his followers to do. Thank you, Richard Kumado, uh, for joining us yeah. uh, here uh, on The Pulse. I'm now to talk politics. 2020 Vice Presidential Candidate of the National Democratic Congress, uh, Professor Jane Narapoku Ajuman, is now dispelling rumors that former President John Romani Mahama may be in search for a new party stalwart to, of course, partner him to run for the next uh, general elections in 2024. Uh, speaking on the sidelines of a Made in Nkrumah Mandela leadership uh, conference, which was organized here in Accra, uh, Professor Jay Nana Opogwajman described the latest jostling within uh, the NDC as unnecessary. I'll say that we've had an Nkrumah. We've had leaders in our communities. We've had leaders in our homes. We have leaders in the market. What's our excuse? Are we now going to search you know, for somebody with a third eye? We know what it takes. We know those who sacrificed. We know those who gave of themselves. We know those who gave without looking for, it, for reward. Who is stopping us from emulating them? You see, in life, I don't think it's about, oh, uh, in one year I get everything. It doesn't work like that. You'll be frustrated. Or you may do things that you'll be embarrassed if they were to come in public. Okay, because it doesn't work like that. Okay, it's one step at a time. Prof, we are looking at two great leaders, Nkrumah and Mandela, at this uh, leadership conference. John Romani Mahama is being likened to our first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Do you feel that he possesses that kind of leadership quality? I will, uh, it's not about that kind of comparison. What I respect about him is that he's, he has a good heart. He cares. Otherwise, you see, for how long was he here? How many schools did he build? You answer me. How many hospitals? We are for the polytechnics forever. You know what it took to turn it into a technical university? Building two universities. I'm talking only of my sector. Building two harbors, building a new airport. Why don't you have the same now? Ghana, as we know, is in search for a new leader. Um, going into the 2024 elections, would you, are you available to serve as the running mate to... John Romani Mahama going into the 2024 elections? I was in the ministry and I complimented his efforts. Or I wasn't. So why are you posing that question? 
Well, there's a lot of controversies out there about it. Oh, they forget about this use, this unhelpful or controversy. There's no controversy. The only controversy we need to talk about is the unemployment of our youth. It is, that is the controversy that should bother us. We are just having distractions. It's about all the scandals going on. Why is that not a, a, a controversial? We are worried about what controversy. It's just a distraction. We'll see when I get there. What? We expect a new John Mahama. Okay, thank you too. Well, uh, excerpts of my interaction uh, with the 2020 uh, running mate of the NDC, Professor Nana Jeno Pukwajima. Joining us uh, now is uh, Dr. Asa Asante, who's a political scientist at the University of Ghana. And, Doc, uh, that lecture uh, yesterday um, took place um, uh, in the Great Hall of the University of Ghana, where, of course, the discussions on the table uh, was about Nelson Mandela and the type of leadership that Dr. Kwame Nkrumah provided. You have your own thoughts about, um, you know, the celebration yesterday, uh, which we will talk about. But let's start off uh, with the, you know, issues of Ghana being in search of transformational leaders. We have Jane Nanaupo-Gojiman, who's finally um, commenting on jostlings within their party, uh, you know, arguments that uh, there may be a new running mate for the NDC going into the 2024 elections. She says it's pure distraction. That's how she's describing that. Hello? Uh, yes, yes, Doc, I hope you can hear me. Yes, please, can you repeat the question? Uh, so I, I was just po po pointing out, um, the, you know, the very words of uh, Professor Jane Nanaropokwajiman, uh, pointing out to that it's distraction and a needless debate to have as to who may partner John Mahama in going into the uh, 2024 elections. Oh, but that one, um, I think the professor said it all. It's needless because, um, you know, um, it is the duty of the, uh, the ex-president, former president, uh, Mahama, to select who will be the running mate. So um, the, we just have to be patient and then um, we get the name of that person. And this, that is all. Uh, so there's nothing, uh, you know, strange or... Uh, difficult about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, questions as to what the opposition party should be doing at this moment in search of, you know, the next set of leaders that will move them uh, into the 2024 elections. Um, what, what do you feel should be, you know, informing the choice of John Ramani Mahama now going into uh, the next election? Well, seriously, when you are looking for such a person, you are looking for somebody who has certain qualities to tie up with uh, the, the president. That is a flag bearer. You need one, somebody who is competent, uh, that can deliver uh, what is expected of him or her. You need somebody who is popular uh, so that he can rake in the votes that you require. You need somebody who also um, have what it takes to rub shoulders with whoever will also become uh, the, uh, the running mate mm -hmm. of uh, the other political party, for instance, the MPP. And then you need somebody who has less baggage. Um, baggage in the sense that you are going to market the candidate. So if the person um, has a lot of baggage, uh, he's going to have a problem uh, uh, with the party that wants to serve the candidate. So you need somebody uh, with less baggage to deal uh, with it, uh, the, to, to partner the flag bearer. And um, the last one is that you need somebody who is marketable, somebody uh, that you can make it easily and then will be able to help you. And then maybe the last one is that you need somebody 
uh, who have what it takes to step into the shoes of the flag bearer when the flag bearer is not around or is incapacitated or even uh, the unfortunate incident of death. If it happens, you need somebody who quickly step in and then uh, drive uh, the ship to its uh, final destination. Uh, and of course, um, for, for, we'll be talking about, you know, this event that she was attending, which is the Mandela Nkrumah um, Leadership Conference, uh, which is now uh, pointing to uh, the fact that Africa is, is in search as we're, um, you know, learning from those who work at the uh, Nkrumah Ideological uh, Center are now pointing to us that Africa is in search for transformational uh, leadership. You even have a challenge uh, with the celebration that we did yesterday. We'll go into the details, but one more issue about, you know, how party members should be handling uh, the upcoming announcement that the former president or now the NDC's uh, presidential candidate will be making soon. Uh, what, what do you expect the party to do as we await this announcement that will be made by John Romani Mahama in terms of who uh, the, the, the running mate will be going into the 2024 elections. I told that the, the party should not un, unnecessarily get itself, um, you know, wet up to uh, be looking forward to whoever will be the running mate. It is important that the running mate will definitely have to come, but the person will definitely uh, come. But they have to be patient. They don't need to put unnecessary pressure on the ex-president or the flag bearer of the NDC, and then must also get themselves ready that anybody that uh, Muhammad appoints, they are quickly uh, accept the person and then decide and begin to work with the person straight away. So issue of, you know, rank or bickering and noise about it should not be uh, part of the thing that we are looking forward to. Once you get uh, the person uh, nominated, obviously the person would have gone through the male within the party. So once it's a, you know, the name is given and it's approved by the various constituencies, straight away they begin to work with the person and then hit the ground running. Uh, and now uh, to the celebration itself, the Nkrumah Mandela uh, Leadership Conference. And it was part of, you know, the celebrations marking the uh, birthday of Ghana's first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Uh, you have your own opinion about the celebration itself marking, you know, 21st September of each year as the day the first president was born. Yes. Um, if you listen to all that happening and we observe, there is no doubt that Nkrumah lived as a very important person. He lived way beyond his contemporaries. That is, in my view, Nkrumah did a lot for Ghana, for Africa, and for uh, the world to also know. Uh, yes, if you look at Nkrumah's work that he did in this country, I tell you, even today, they are still relevant. Talk about the Akosomo Dam, talk about the Tema Township, talk about the, the Harbors and the rest of them. But if you look at the, the day, the celebration that we talked about, and that Nkrumah's birthday is, um, I think, um, was born in 1909, 21st September. Nkrumah himself, in his book, The Autobiography of Pavel Nkrumah, which was published, the last one was published, I think, in 1979 uh, by Panaf. Nkrumah himself said that he was, not a, he was not sure of the exact date he was born and that per her mother's, uh, his mother's calculation, uh, he was born in 1912 after 45 Kundum festivals, right? If you follow the conversation in the book, he moves on to say that 
he was baptized after he was born um, by uh, a Roman Catholic minister who uh, gave uh, his date of birth to the 21st and then 1909. And if you follow the book forward and you read, Nkrumah uh, said that um, upon checking everything, it is clear to him that he was born in 1909, but not 21st September, but rather 18th. And permit me to read a few portions of the book so that you okay, can I get an you would also have to equally, And you would also have to equally share the, the title of this book you're referring to so everyone can follow us, uh, of course, later on. They could yeah, the that. book is um, The Autobiography of Carmen Kruma. The Autobiography of Carmen Kruma. And Nkrumah said that, and I quote him, that... Um, the National Festival of Benzema is called Kundum. According to my mother's calculation, 45 Kundums have taken place since I was born, which makes the year of my birth 1912. On the other hand, the priest who later baptized me into the Roman Catholic Church recorded my birth date as 21st September 1909. Although this was a mere guess on his part, I have always used this date an official document, not so much because I believe in its accuracy, but uh, insofar as officialdom was concerned, it was the line of least resistance. That is Kwame Nkrumah. Mm. The last paragraph that I will touch on is that my mother, uh, Nkrumah said that, yes, um, assuming, therefore, that the year of my birth was 1909, the Saturday nearest to the middle of September, in that year was the 18th. It seems likely, therefore, that I was born on Saturday, 18th September, 1909. So if you look at this, he's saying that even the year we're talking about, you are saying that he was born on Saturday. That Saturday, uh, if you want to trace the date, then it should be the middle of September and it should be 18th, not 21 um, or 21st. So if you look at it, this is Nkrumah's own book, his autobiography, page one, Page two, you can find this information there. So I was wondering why we are taking the 21st September as his date of birth, where he himself believed that he should have been 18. Whatever, whatever be the case, uh, whatever be the case, that's what the history books are, uh, are telling us. <laughs> In fact, uh, for those that of is us, what he oh, is yeah. saying. I, I get that. I, I get that clearly. I'm just pointing out the problem that many of us read that in school. I read that myself. And, and for, for many of us who have done, um, you know, political science and whatever it, uh, it comes with, you, you are, of, of course, taught to accept that it's 21st. How do we deal with that curriculum challenge, the fact that it's ingrained in our history now? It's ingrained in our political history, too. Oh, um, history is how we have arrived here from where we come from. Uh, we make history, uh, all right? So if this is... Uh, what it is, obviously, our records should reflect this, and then we should be able to uh, state it properly. If we want to maintain that, there should be an explanation to that effect that this is what Nkrumah said, that yes, it is uh, he used in the official zone, but obviously, uh, there is another information or explanatory note to that, so that people will know the exact story, how it started, how it ended. I think the record must be set straight so that we can get this thing yeah. right. And just by the way, we've not seen the family challenge this ever since. Can challenge Kwame Nkrumah. 
he wrote. This is Nkrumah writing, not anybody, <laughs> not any of his children, Samia or Seku. Yeah. This is the father writing. Mm. So they have nothing to challenge. Yes. I, I will challenge them to challenge the president. <laughs> Such an interesting yes. debate that's uh, coming up. But, uh, you know, interesting revelations there from the book that you're pointing out. Uh, we'll get that once more. Uh, and, of course, uh, for those who are interested, they m- might want to read that. Uh, the title again is? The Autobiography of yes, Farming Nkrumah. The Autobiography of Farming Nkrumah. It was published by PANAF in various uh, years which include 1957, the last one was 1979, yeah. Pam himself writing. Indeed. Yes. Uh, if, if you are in that, just uh, reach out to Dr. Sasanti. <laughs> That's what he does. He's a political scientist at the University of Ghana, uh, joining us with that interesting bit of uh, history. Thank you all uh, for staying with us here on The Polls. When we get back, we'll tell you uh, more about what's happening in this country. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, <sighs> this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working satisfaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Yay! Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. 
Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastro, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the... Welcome to Tech TV. We are, we are outside, outside again. again. Hi, your food is here. AI is changing the world. This technology has been in the lab for 15 years. I solved the problem within one year. It won't be long before we are living in this virtual universe. Are you aware that e-games enables digital thinking? Well, I say conception that people hold that women are just not made for tech. And is this true or is it just a fallacy? Yeah, women are not made for tech. Wow, really? And you are in tech? <laughs> the race is on to decarbonize the transport system with electric and solar powered vehicles. Tech is advancing so fast, it can be hard to keep up. Tech TV is proudly brought to you by Liqui Molly, your number one car products, and Yaylight, home of antique lights. Eight years and ten years, and I'm so many be educated. My first boy, accountant. Okay. Oh, the heat. The heat, the heat, the heat. This is hard work. Stay tuned in. Let's enjoy in my community. I am Sarah Mablade Souza. Thanks for staying with us. The District Chief Executive uh, Officer for the Elembele area, Kwesi Ponso, has denied allegations that he prevented Member of Parliament for the area, Emmanuel Amakofibwa, from fixing a deteriorating road stretch in the constituency. It follows a viral video uh, where both the DC of the area and also Member of Parliament were seen in a heated exchange. Uh, more uh, from him shortly. But first, here are some uh, residents of Yawiyabo, uh, the community uh, where the altercation happened uh, concerning the nature of the roads. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. The road is here, it's so bad. When you pass here, as I said, brother, you can't even cross the big crumble. 
the bridge over there has spoiled. So, you know the reason why? You know the reason why? In Simaha is a Western region is We are suffering because of this party. Why? We are suffering because of this party. Why? Hey, Rob Jones and Simon, you're easy. You're blue. You're black. Sisi, baby, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Ah, I'm going to go with you. We know, baby, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. It's like I said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. But I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to I hope it's a mobile no e bia ma be teki eh sama e bi se ne be ya mo e bi be den e be free e bia mpanfo no ya den aba nti e kwa ne de yesremo a mo nya yi na mo ba ye nchen de ni se ba o mis de bibia e be na mo hwe ye kwa na mo nya na se ye mpo na mo be twa kwa we so na ye branka e free akọ no e bi teku be e bia terminate san san wa ju anyi na se eh eh nti enye izi eh we koko no akọ akọ fa nti we o ji san when you say no, baby, I did free, but I could be a fifty Ghana. Back, go go back. I could be a fifty Ghana. Yeah. And two the woman saying. Oh, five na mafan. Which is two hundred fifty cities. Two hundred fifty cities. And yes, yes, so na mafan one no ha me de buy. Ma brepa, ena ma bedrua. Me kwa no pano. So time ma bipi. Then when you see ya no kumpo, ne umpo net no buy na obey ya no kumpo ne ya muangwa. Sad in tia. Ah, ne mu ya mo chiri efi ya fumo tuha efi ya kono ha. Emano. Oh, young crumple here to a yezo. I remember a yesavia to Mr. Sasa, and can yezi, and can judge mano. The end of this incident not happening here, Crumpona, a suicide. May I most say a banner some crumple and more hammers, but one yard yet. Sabi penny to a colafan, a colonel, you to penny for. Now I didn't say a banner, so no be a boy in your dress or barber boy, and now Obega Sibia, eh, Jai Jai Jai, and say, yes, and come where some come out, you made a boom. I need to know Debbie and what you know. I must say, I buy the back room, so they are not say, Yeah, or Fusua, Fofroba, no, I do a general. I buy a say, you can send me now, the Babasa, or a boom, my sentence, so. Uh, well, the uh, district chief executive uh, for the area, uh, Kwesi Bonso, has denied all of these allegations and we uh, will continue to monitor um, his uh, comments as uh, he is, uh, of course, describing all of that as an erroneous impression being created by the MP, uh, claiming that uh, he's the one preventing uh, the road from being um, fixed and we'll get you uh, updates as and when we have it. But for now, the Ministry of Health says that it will uh, provide the needed infrastructure uh, at the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital to enable uh, the hospital to continue offering quality and accessible health care to the public. Speaking at a grand deba uh, to mark the 25th anniversary celebration of the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, uh, Deputy Health Minister Tina Mensah assured the government is committed to providing quality and affordable health care. The Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, known as in Tibetan, has silently served as a guardian of health for a quarter of a century. 25 years ago, the foundations of the facility were laid. 
The vision was simple yet profound to bring accessible quality health care to the people of Cape Coast and beyond. Deputy Minister of Health, Tina Mainsa, says the government is committed to supporting Ghana's health care system. The government will continue to put in place measures and strategies to address these challenges. 25 years in the life of this facility is worth celebrating because it gives one an opportunity and a reason to reflect on activities over the past years as well as refocus on interventions essential in sustaining or always ensuring excellence. I am reliably informed that this hospital has constantly scored excellent in periodic hospital peer reviews. Please keep it up. Central Regional Minister Justina Marigodasan was a bit about infrastructural and equipment support the government was offering to the hospital. For instance, in furtherance to improving the management of infectious diseases and future pandemics, the government, in collaboration with the World Bank, have constructed a number of infectious disease centers across the country for which the Central Region was not left out. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the priority of His Excellency, the President, Nana Adodankwa Kufuado, to ensure that all people living in country receive the best of health care. Hospitals across the country have been retooled with the needed equipment to enhance service delivery. In fact, it is gratifying to note that now the no bed syndrome, which used to be a major setback in the health sector, has been adequately dealt with. Owing to strategic management and governments of Ghana's health care initiatives and programs across the country. One major stride by His Excellency the President to improve health infrastructure across the country is the Agenda 111 project. Here in the central region, eight of these projects is ongoing. Chief Executive Officer of the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, Dr. Eric Kofinjedu, says the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital's journey has been a remarkable one. He says it's been more than just a hospital. It's a beacon of hope, a symbol of resilience, a testament to the power of collective determination. He indicates in spite of the challenges the hospital has been grappling with, it has brought smiles to the faces of many patients. Today I wish to inform you that all these challenges have received major attention from the government and management, and progress has been made. Nana Chairman, the House has currently implemented its second five-year million term strategy plan that spans between 2021 and 2025. Consequently, the continuous referencing of this document in our annual planning process and with the guidance of the board, there has been consistent improvement the service delivery in general of the hospital. There has also been expansion in the area of collaboration, infrastructure, equipment, and human resource mix. However, there are still gaps to be filled to ensure CCTH operates fully as a teaching hospital. And we will continue to work assiduously to bring these gaps to achieve the vision of the hospital. And our chairman, our appeal, moving into the future, we will continue to appeal to government of Ghana, corporate Ghana for, for the replacement of obsolete and aged critical equipment, as well as the provision of the needed equipment.
equipment and infrastructure to help improve our services. As the hospital embarks on its next 25 years, there is a renewed hope and commitment that the heart of healing will continue to be strong, shaping the future of healthcare in Cape Coast and beyond. Richard Kujenyakon for Joy News. And now, uh, former Auditor General Daniel Yardomalefu is uh, doing his weight behind calls for the removal of the uh, finance uh, minister and also the governor of the central bank. The two managers of the economy have come under intense uh, pressure for the current state of the country, uh, with many uh, demanding their sack. Speaking to Raymond Akwana up front, the former attorney, uh, Auditor General insisted that they should leave office to restore confidence in the economy. As it is now, if you are a friend of the government, then you can do anything. And you can be sure that you will get away with it. But if we do that, then no one is safe, isn't it? Because once I'm taking my enemy to, my enemies are also taking me to the place. So we all have to be careful. So I call for commercialization of the fight against corruption. We should amend the law just as At the uh, Asogli's um, corruption lectures uh, over the weekend, as you see uh, in your pictures there, where he was uh, pointing out a number of issues and also uh, calling and making some recommendations on how uh, we could be moving forward as a country uh, when it comes to the fight against uh, corruption. Uh, our top story uh, for you is that uh, the Fix the Country movement is proceeding with uh, the planned uh, Occupy Jolobi House protests as they're terming it, uh, defying the rains today and still uh, remaining uh, out there uh, on the streets um, somewhere around uh, 37 Military Hospital where we understand that protest is still underway uh, as uh, the rush hour kicks in. Let's check out what the situation is as we understand there's a a heavy uh, traffic situation on that stretch now. Uh, But of course, uh, latest images we're bringing to you now indicates that uh, that protest is still underway uh, with scores of uh, protesters on the uh, screens right now, as you see it. Many of them defying the rains and the downpour uh, this afternoon and still uh, pouring out and making that passionate appeal to the Ghana Police Service to uh, clear up the road and to permit, you know, protesters to march closer to Jubilee House. Of course, uh, many of them, uh, uh, the security forces, I mean, had cordoned off the uh, stretch preventing protesters from moving uh, right into um, the area which is uh, much more closer to uh, Jubilee House uh, and we'll be getting some updates for you uh, shortly uh, as our uh, man on the ground, uh, Maxwell Agupa, will be getting uh, as the very uh, latest from the grounds, but Ghana has uh, made another significant strike uh, in the deployment and use of uh, cutting-edge technology uh, to guarantee a more sustainable and an environmentally free and sound exploitation and uh, uh, use of our natural resources with the commissioning of the Intrec uh, uh, Minerals uh, a photo assay lab uh, in Takwa in the Western region. The Deputy Minister for Lands and Natural Resources in charge of mining, George Merkuduka, who launched the project, uh, reiterated the innovation uh, in the mining industry, uh, which uh, plays a crucial role uh, in improving the sector. Intertech Minerals driving innovation and technology through the mineral supply chain has announced the integration of advanced phototon assay technology into its laboratory to elevate gold industry support in West Africa.
the Deputy Minister of Lands and Natural Resources in charge of mining, George Mukuduka, said the mining industry is going through a digital transformation industry and will continue to do so and the process could change how mining is done. Transition from human-run operation to autonomous or semi-autonomous remote control mines. The mining industry is going through a digital transformation process which is already impacting the industry and will continue to do so. This process could change how mining is done, transitioning from human-run operations to autonomous and semi-autonomous remote-controlled mines. A functional mining industry, therefore, requires an equally functional asset laboratory service at all stages of the manual value chain. For resource estimation or optimization studies to mine site rehabilitation after Ladies and gentlemen, because of the potential capital intensive and risky nature of the mining industry, optimization costs, control, innovation, and resilience are required as pillars of mining development strategies along its entire value chain. The Acting Director General of the Ghana Geological Service Authority, Isaac Kutan, Windbell assures Intertech Minerals and all other laboratories in the mining value chain of the authority's continued support in issuance of geological sample permits for country inbound and outgoing geological materials for the purpose of laboratory analysis. Uh, well, uh, back to the streets uh, where that protest is underway. Join News is bringing you that uh, special coverage of this uh, Occupy Jullaby House protest as uh, Fix the Country uh, has uh, tempted. it. Of course, yesterday wasn't uh, so smooth, but today uh, the uh, protest is defying the rains and uh, still moving out there in their numbers uh, to protest. Now it's rush hour. Let's check out what the situation is right now around uh, 37 Military Hospital, where my colleague Maxwell Abuba is joining us uh, live uh, from. Uh, Maxwell, take us away. What can you report? And we understand that the traffic is setting in really huge today. The last three Reconnecting with uh, Maxwell shortly um, uh, and, of course, getting him uh, to give us a feel of what's happening as we speak. But he is uh, on the ground for us now. Uh, the rains have, uh, you know, subsided a bit. So uh, allowing us to, you know, get a true picture of what the situation is. Uh, Maxwell, let's get back to Maxwell. Then. It's heavy traffic um, that is building up um, here, of course, as the rush are um, set in. But we have police personnel from the... MTT, who are stationed here, making sure they direct the traffic. This entire stretch in front of the um, Jubilee House is it's uh, more than 50 police officers, all of them in route control gear, who are standing there wearing um, um, helmets.
the protesters. We seem to be having a challenge there, uh, connecting with my colleague Maxwell Agbagba, who's uh, uh, of course uh, out there. Uh, but uh, well, the beauty of technology it is. Uh, but we'll definitely keep our eyes uh, there and bring you some updates in our subsequent bulletins coming up uh, in the next uh, few hours. Uh, this is um, the polls. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. That's all we have for you in the package. Log on to uh, myjoyonline.com. Also uh, on Facebook, it's at Joy News. Uh, you'll see the very latest pictures we have uh, from that protest underway. And let's now we'll see you again next. It's less talk showbiz. Thanks for your time. Bye bye.